2: It's a Wednesday edition of Birds 365. You got to triumph to get it rocking and rolling today. Uh, yours truly, Jordan McDonald, with my co host today, which is Jeff Kirk, and because he, he can stick around for all two hours. And John McMullen is with us here at the top before he goes in and gets his COVID test and is told, yes, you're allowed to go with the team up to the press box at Met um, Life Stadium coming up on Sunday for the Giants and the Eagles. Boys, good morning to you both. How's everybody doing today? um yeah just getting ready for thanksgiving here <laughs> jody mack
3: that's about it
4: uh, i'm getting ready for the freddy kitchens era of giants football that's gonna be that's gonna be good stuff
3: yeah that's a right. problem with the new york giants McMullen it's jason garrett freddy kitchens uh there's a lot of bay of coaches on that staff and, and
4: yeah and if- I, I i don't know how much you can do with that offensive line so um um yeah i go walsh bring him back i i don't know if that would help with that offensive line uh agreed
2: uh the giants right now are a mess and i don't know that swapping out uh, jason garrett is going to do it uh for both you guys is this a scapegoating uh, I know that Jason Garrett did not do a good job since he's uh, been in that position with the Giants. It's not like I'm defending him and going, what the hell are they doing? Thinking, thinking move on from Jason Garrett. Yeah, you can absolutely move on from Jason Garrett. But when he's the only move, it, it, is it cover for everyone else in the organization, specifically their coach and their general manager, when they point the finger and give the ouster to one individual, when we know it's an across the board failure?
4: Yeah, from my perspective, I have a lot of experience over the past couple of years with scapegoating. Uh, That's been, in my estimation, the change in Jeffrey Lurie over the years. And people always talk about, has he gotten more involved? Not necessarily. He's always been more involved, uh, but he's gotten more apt to scapegoat quickly. Uh, And, you know, long before he blew up uh, Doug Peterson, it was, um, you know, making an example uh, out of Mike Groh for instance or or Carson Walsh and you know anytime you go towards a position coach never mind a coordinator it's it's obvious scapegoating but um, in the case of, of of the Giants yeah I mean it, because of what I said about the offensive line so I think a lot of people are well we got to evaluate and I know this is not Jody but we have to evaluate Daniel Jones properly and see what we have in Daniel Jones. Well, you can't about that, that, that. Nothing's changing. As much as people don't like Jason Garrett, what are you going to do? More max protection? I mean, they think, well, we'll get Kadarius Tony involved. We'll get Kenny Galladay involved. We'll get Saquon Barkley involved. Not if any. Not, go, go, try to run a a. a jet sweep to Kadarius tony when the left guard misses uh it whiffs on a block see how that works out for you um so yeah it's obvious scapegoating and especially at this time of the season at least use it under the cover of of the darkness of the offseason like jeffrey Lori does i mean to do it in season on a short week is absurd
3: John you actually brought in my next point there. I am thinking to myself, "Wait a minute, like it's Tuesday. You're you're playing Sunday. You just came off a Monday night football game. Your head coach literally scape he scapegoats everybody by the way. He he always tries to say, "Well, it's on me, it's on the coaches." I'm like, "But you're going you went against Jason Garrett and everything he did. You have a running back who just came back who can't pass protect to save his life. You have a left guard who is literally a turnstile. Andrew Thomas was a bad pick. He's by far the worst of the three tackles that were drafted that high. It's it's funny how the Giants are that team that they try to fix the offensive line every year. and They have a, a, a GM that's supposed to be an offensive line guru, yet doesn't know how to pick offensive linemen. It's really scary.
4: Yeah, it, it, and Jeff Jody and I talked about this a little yesterday. I do think, and I bring up Jeff Stoutland all the time. I I do I I don't like the thought process that so and so took a bad pick. Like, in, in other words, Andrew Thomas. You know, the Giants weren't the only team that thought he had a chance to be a really good tackle in this league. Even Will Hernandez as a second round pick. I at the time, I admit. I thought that was a good pick for, for a Giants team struggling uh, to fix this offensive line with, for half a decade now. I thought it was a good pick. I'll admit it. I'll raise my hand right now. You don't get a good or bad player. You get a player with a ceiling that you have to develop and create into a good player. Jeff Stoutland's able to do it with somebody who's never played football before. Jeff Stoutland's able to turn Nate Herbing, an undrafted kid, into competency. Now people are talking about Jack Driscoll like, oh, this is a long-term starter in the NFL. Guess what? If he got drafted, same spot by the New York Giants, Jack Driscoll will probably be out of the league. That, quick, that quickly. You, you have to develop players. You have to coach players. You have to get them up to their ceilings. And especially when you take a kid like Thomas, I, I guarantee the exact opposite. If, if, the, if the Eagles had him, he'd be fine. Because of Jeff Stalin. Yeah, I'm but he's really here's, confident here's,
2: in saying that. Here's where I'll disagree with you a little bit, uh, John. A- and again, I'm going by prognosticators, guys who put out uh, mock drafts, and some comments from teams and the like. A lot of teams had Thomas ranked as a, the, the, a lower guard at that point. That uh, most everyone had Tristan Wirfs, who has been dynamite for Tampa, ranked ahead of Thomas. And they chose Thomas. And guess what? He's damn close to a bust. So that's the difference from, well, okay, oh, we just got to get him argue, and coach but- him up. But, um, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Most of and you can put as much stock into it as you want for guys who do that for a living, project first-round talent and the like. Most did not have Thomas ranked where he was drafted.
4: Well, you can, you can argue that Werfs or, or or someone else is a better player. I don't know of anybody who didn't have Thomas graded as a first-round pick. I mean, if somebody That's did, true. point him to me, because I don't know anybody. So, I yeah, him. I mean, obviously, when you talk about uh, a, a player that has turned into a really good player uh, and who was in the same range as the grade, it's always difficult. We talk about it all the time with Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson. Um. Yeah, I mean it, it looks terrible, um, but uh, you know, I, I, Justin Jefferson's about to go over a thousand yards. I just wrote about this in Sports Illustrated, making the comp again. He's about to go over a thousand yards again, uh, in in week eleven for them. They, they've already had their bye week. Uh, he's unbelievable, but as I say, if he came here, he's not over twenty four hundred yards. He's not because they don't have that that guy who can throw the football down the field consistently to get him the football. Doesn't mean he's not a good player. Doesn't mean he's not Jalen Rager. Scheme fits into it as well. Offensive mindset fits into it as well. But in the case of the Giants, in this specific example of their offensive line that they've been trying to pick fix for five, six years, they just don't develop players. Period. Now John- end of sentence.
3: Now here's where I want to go with this. The Giants have their pick and the Bears pick next year. Last I checked, I think it's like five or six. Do they go quarterback? Do they go offensive lineman again? Like, how do you feel? They, they
4: (laughs) yeah, they could go. They could go virtually anywhere. I mean, I think that's what they're trying. This is the last ditch effort to try to say, okay, do we have? They want to hang on to Daniel Jones' dream, and and to me, Daniel Jones has become. I don't know if he had the ability to become a a star quarterback or not. Uh, and most people assume, and I know where Jody is on this and say, no, he's, uh, he's out. And I agree with Jody from that standpoint, it's over. It's over from a David Carr standpoint, not Derek Carr. Like David Carr back in the day, everybody knows that story. Number one overall pick, just, I don't know, 80 sacks, what the number was, maybe I think 72 for some reason. Uh, I mean, he was just shell shocked at the end. I I I think you have a similar type of thing happening with Daniel Jones. If he did have anything, it's long gone because you haven't done the proper things uh, to build around him. So I do think it starts with quarterback. But you got to believe in the quarterback, and if it's Kenny Pickett, you got to believe he belongs in that area. And this is not the year, at least most people are saying, to want a quarterback. So. They're, they're up against it from an organizational standpoint and probably, you know, they have to probably, uh, and I never, anybody who knows me, I rarely advocate rebooting because I always point to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Continuity is better than the alternative in the NFL. Always, 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 always. When you, when you hit control, alt, delete, you're going to have some pain, um, at least for a number of years. The Giants, ironically, were one of those teams for years with Jerry Reese and George Young and and Bill Parcells and Tom Coughlin. Continuity, continuity, continuity. And then they blew it up, and you've seen the results of it. One of the worst organizations in the NFL.
2: You can get into a vicious cycle, but you also have to do it because staying with something that is – blatantly staring you in the face that doesn't work isn't any way to get your football team any better as well um saquon barkley returned from injury this year looks the way he's running like he's not quite 100 but he's not hobbling out there and he's doing squat are we putting all that on the offensive line too
4: most of it uh, i mean i i i it's another example of bad organizational policy for taking a running back where they took him but i mean he's a talented kid it's not it's not a matter of talent um uh, obviously the injuries have probably contributed to it but yeah when you're talking about skill position players and this is why you and i jody were higher on the eagles than than most people they can't do anything until the guy's up front block and make them be capable of doing something. Same thing with Kadarius Tony. I mean, Kadarius Tony at times wows you with some of these moves and some of these things. And you look up and he makes four moves to get five yards because you know, there's no space, there's no opening. There's nothing you can do with that athleticism. Um, because everybody's athletic. If you're playing cornerback or safety in the NFL, um, yeah, I mean, it all starts with the offensive line. It really does.
3: So, this is where I want to go to, John. With, with a team like the Giants, do you feel like they're going to be a little extra motivated this week? Because I know in New York they talk about the Eagles stole a playoff berth from them last year. Yeah, they're six and ten <laughs> football team. They stole a playoff game it, it, or a play, I, I just don't understand that logic or that mindset. There, that that just seems to me like a loser organization type. of thing.
4: Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think that particular thing will matter much, and certainly to the players who are struggling so much in here. And I, I think, if anything, the some of the guys we just mentioned, Will Hernandez, for one, um, you know, might look down deep and play a little bit better because he's getting he's taking so many hits this week. And you don't want to hear it from that standpoint. I I don't think the players care uh, about that, you know, tanking, taking Jalen Hurts off the field. As you mentioned, Jeff, they they know they stunk last year too. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I think that's more of a Joe Judge-generated thing. And Joe Judge is trying to hang on because he's probably – they're going to probably blow out everybody after the season, uh, bottom line.
2: And oh, by the way, if the Giants attempt to inward within their uh, room or outward with quotes to the media, if any of them go there, yes, and we owe the Eagles for last year. They should be cut like Jason Garrett immediately. You got bigger (laughs) fish to fry. You got to worry about the lousy football you're playing right now. Not looking back at what could have been last year with a six and 10 team. Please give me a break.
4: I, <laughs> what could have been? What could have been? Yeah, six wins. Yeah, six I,
2: I, I find that very hard to believe. All right, Johnny, I want to flip it back over to the Eagles. Uh, you and I discussed this a little bit. Uh, Devontae Smith, been great, is great, going to be great. Dallas Carter been great, is great, going to be great. The Eagles paint him like he's going to be great, and he's certainly looking that way. And then there's everybody else in Eagle Green who doesn't catch footballs. Uh, they got two guys who are doing the job catching it right now they need at a minimum a third if not a fourth and a fifth and we've been running speculation as to who that could be uh, can we pretend that it's august since we're going to pretend last year can we get oh, going back to august isn't yours as obnoxious is as going all the way back to last year and remember the quez watkins has big playability um can kenny gainwell get back into the mix maybe as a wide receiver you know i vote for greg ward but somebody's got to catch balls for the Eagles who aren't named Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard. The coach was only joking yesterday when he said Darius Slay should be getting some touches. And uh, yeah. What was yeah, he? He was, uh,
4: Jay Mack? He, he was. I, I would, you know, I would like to see Slay as a returner. Maybe nobody's ever done that, but uh, obviously you don't want to get somebody injured. They're not even going to consider that, but um yeah, yeah, he was just joking. As far as you know, getting somebody else involved, yeah, ultimately I think they will have to get somebody else involved. I uh, but you know, they don't have to as long as they run for two hundred plus yards. So as cl- as soon as that stops, um, then they're going to have to get somebody else involved. And you know, I think you go back to early in the season and other people were involved. The problem is not. The targets. The problem is not the receptions. I mean, when you only have 13, I think it was 13 completions last week, there's not a lot of receptions to go around to begin with. Um, And Smith and Goddard are going to get the vast majority. Now, if you're up at 25, 30, um, other people are going to have to get involved. Uh, but the Eagles don't want to be up at 25 and 30. That's not how they want to play. So if they are, yeah, you're going to see better numbers from Quez Watkins or, or Jalen Rager, but it, it's probably not going to result in efficacy as far as winning football games. Um, it's, it's going to be look worse from that standpoint. So number one is the Eagles don't want to do it. Uh Number two is who should be playing. Yeah, I, I, You know, I we joke about the Greg Ward thing all the time because you're the president of this fan club, Jody. But, yeah, I wouldn't criticize him for playing him now because Jalen Rager has failed. Let's be honest. He's failed um, and probably doesn't deserve to be on this field. And his camp doesn't want to hear that. And they don't want to be here. And after the season – they're going to they're going to have to go in a different direction at receiver but i think it's going to be a veteran direction they're going to go out on the free agent market sign a veteran player to complement uh demonte smith and dallas goddard and i think that's what they should do but that's that's off season stuff you got to get there and for now they want to limit the touches of the receivers for a number of reasons not just the ineffectiveness of the guys behind Devontae Smith it's also helping the quarterback the young quarterback obviously as well so right now they're trying to win games with what they have and I applaud them for that
3: John so them are running the football as much as they are it's it kind of reminds me of Ray Rhodes's first year his second year they the Eagles just pounded the ball down people's throats and they, they had to start running back to do that they didn't have the best offensive line in the world that no disrespect to Barrett Brooks and those guys but they kept doing it because that's how they won football games. But that had a shelf life. What would be the shelf life for this team with running the football as much as they are in
5: today's NFL? Um,
4: well, I think you've kind of seen it with Baltimore. That's probably the ceiling of it. Um, and they haven't been able to get where they want to get in the postseason. Now, could that change in the upcoming years? Certainly. Um you're always concerned about injury. You're concerned about shelf life at the quarterback position. That's that's a problem as well. Um, teams are going to change eventually in how they play. You're going to see more probably five-man fronts, probably five-man defensive line. You're going to see them stop scraping the linebacker over the top at times uh, and go in that direction. Um, I talked about the slot blitzes. They're coming I don't know when, but they're coming when, when they get to a defensive coordinator that is confident in his talent and ability to do it, you're going to see, you're going to see the slot blitzes um, to try to stop Jalen Hurts in the running game. Um, So all of this stuff is coming, you know, Shane Steichen doesn't give us much. He did seem to know the adjustments are coming I, I can't tell you when, because you look at this schedule, maybe Washington, because they have a lot of veteran players, even though they're missing Chase Young now. Uh, I don't think the Giants have enough confidence right now to do anything. Certainly the Jets, uh, I mean, maybe down the road, but certainly not now with Robert Sala. So I don't know if you're going to see it short term, but long term they're coming, and the Eagles know that j
2: Mack, along those lines of shelf life, and uh, you and uh, J.K. are talking more about how long can they run this type of offense. I want that narrow focus on the guy who's getting the ball from center, and that's the quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts is running it very effectively, and the way that he runs it, he does put his body at risk. He's not the kind of guy who's going to slide. He's not going to be the guy who's going to get six or seven and then dart for the sidelines. No, he's going to do what he did on the biggest play of the game this past week, plant his foot and turn it back into the middle of the field. That's just Jalen Hurts. He hasn't gotten hurt so far in his pro career. He didn't get hurt at Oklahoma either. And oh, by the way, he didn't really get hurt at Alabama. He was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa when he didn't play how long can jalen hurts be the starting quarterback of the
4: eagles and run the football the way he's running the football um well you know me i i'm not a i i don't think you can predict injuries prevent injuries or or anything like that if you could but but do you have be- to
2: i hear what you're saying and i'm asking you to answer a very difficult question but the question is faced by the eagles coaching staff and the guys looking to go forward with this young man as their quarterback do you not have to factor that in that at some point he's going to
4: get hurt? Yeah. That's why I talked about the shelf life. They know the shelf life isn't, we, we brought that up a little bit yesterday, Jody. I mean, Tom Brady's the outlier, but even the guys who played into their late thirties at a pretty high level, he doesn't have that shelf life. I mean, if you're going to be honest, you can't play that way into your late thirties. So your shelf life by nature is ultimately uh, smaller. So I, they know that. They understand that. But I, I also think the league has changed. And, you know, if you can get a good four, five-year window out of a player, you're happy, you check the box, and you move on uh, and, and start looking for for the future. So I think they're – first off, I think they're aware of that. Secondly, I, th- I think it was Les yesterday, Les Bowen, brought up and this was a very good point and i i brought it up writing but i hadn't brought it up i think on this show or verbally it doesn't even have to be people are thinking about major injuries he could get banged up he's going to get banged up he, he might tweak his ankle and sprain his ankle and still go out there and tape it up and play but he's not going to be able to do the things that he typically does in the running game and he's going to be more limited and that's going to force him to stay in and throw from the pocket. So there's all these kinds of things uh, that are going to happen in the NFL. It's just a fact. Um, 100% injury rate. We always talk about it, Zach Ertz. Um It's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, the Eagles are aware of that. They know it. And yeah, it, they're constantly... You constantly tell players, and they used to do this with Carson Wentz. I, I remember Frank Reich. Frank Reich is, you've seen it with hard knocks, and now people are putting out the clips. And, you know, Frank's a, uh, a man of faith, and he doesn't get frustrated a lot. And he's very uh, optimistic. And the most frustrated I ever saw him was when Carson Wentz tried to lower his shoulder in that game against Carolina way back in 2017 and got in, got in uh, and, and Frank was just pissed at him because they had been since the day they got him, they said, you got, you got to stop doing stuff like that. You got to start drilling it into his head. And he just couldn't, it's, it's his default setting of, as a player is to be physical, take advantage of a size, stick his head in. And we've seen all the injuries and o- over the years with Carson Wentz. They, they talk to players and you tell them all the time look, exactly what you said, Jody. If it's not there, go down. If it's not there, step out of bounds. You brought up Emmett Smith. Some people have a natural affinity, a natural skill. It is a skill to do that. John, but it's come. Emmett got banged up. He's the all time leading rusher, but there were times that he was banged up. There were weeks he didn't practice.
3: <laughs> so, um, John, uh, there's one thing I wanted to mention, too. I don't think the screen game has been as effective uh, this year. And I, I think Nick Sirianni tries to make it work. It's just whatever combination, whether it's blocking or Jalen Hurstroner or whatever. Do you think someone like Kenny Gainwell could kind of revive that going forward? Um. Well, I,
4: I think, you know, the screen game is sort of uh, an extension of, you know, the, the passing game in general. And, and, you know, when you struggle uh, to pass the football down the field um, it's a little bit more difficult to get that space. I mean, you saw week one with the wide receiver screens, the bubble screens, the slip screens when nobody knew what was coming It worked great. And then when they figured out, all right, this is, This is how they're going to go at us. It it didn't work so great. Um, I do think Kenny Gainwell could be a great screen player in a different offense. I do think that. So I do think he has the skill set to do it. I just don't think they're running. You know, if if you're thinking about the old Andy Reid offense, that was a great screen team. They're They're not running that type of offense. So it's more difficult to get people to bite on that kind of stuff.
2: Thank you, John. You made me laugh because I remember Andy Reid, who used to say, well, screenplays are really runs because people would second guess Andy Reid because he threw the ball too much. So he had to somehow justify it and go, well, a screen is a run. Why don't you count that as a run? No, it's a pass. And it's a pass for the Eagles. And yes, now the coach is going to say, oh, it's a pass because people are going to say he runs the ball too much. So screen games could be interpreted any way you want them to. Uh, Not screen game. Did the, the Eagles miss out on an opportunity in camp? And, oh, by the way, uh, Jonathan and I heard uh, you ask Jonathan a question yesterday. I thought he was good. He did a good job of explaining a bunch of things, except he used as an excuse that uh, we didn't really have training camp. The the pre the off-season workouts and all our players missed out on that. And that's one of the shortcomings we had. The guy said, oh, McPherson he was talking about. Didn't have the camp. Well, nobody did. Everybody in the NFL didn't have it. So you're just in the same boat with everybody else. Don't use that as an excuse. Did they miss out on an opportunity to make Kenneth Gainwell a slot receiver? Because it looks like they could use one right about now, and people still love his talent. Throwing him in there at this point is just not fair to the young man. Did the Eagles miss the boat by not working on that back in the uh, summer days when you were down there at the Novacare Complex?
4: No, he's I I I kind of jokingly threw that out there the other day. He first of all, number one, they they split him out a lot, um, so it's not like he doesn't play outside. They knew uh, he had that kind of skill set, but as far as a full time slot receiver, no, he's a good running back. So they're not going to move him uh, from running back. He obviously is like most rookies, he needs some. Uh, seasoning, made some mistakes, obviously kind of lost his job because of pass protection and and ball security, which is um, not surprising with a young running back who hasn't touched it a lot when you lose a fumble or you miss a blitz pickup or and and cause an interception. It happens all the time, unfortunately. And as you get more experience, you get a little bit better. Uh, The Eagles need you know, the Eagles need a real slot receiver. Um, and that's where I said you know, and and Devontae Smith can play in the slot as well. So you can go about you can go about it a lot of different ways in that, you know, I talked about that veteran receiver if you get to the offseason. It could be an outside guy, you can play Devontae more in the slot. That, that that's the luxury of having a player like Devontae Smith who can move inside and outside. Uh, but they need a real receiver uh, to, to compliment him in that receiving corpse as a whole. And, and Kenny Gainwell's ultimately going to be an you know, Austin Eckler-type player. That's what they think. Um, and that's where he should be. And that's, But, you know, in the guts of the season, you say to yourself, last week is when I brought up the example because they didn't dress him. And, you know, okay, the other three running backs deserve to be dressed. You know, Miles is the best running back. Jordan Howard deserved his playing time. Boston Scott deserved his playing time. So I get it from that standpoint. But then you have such ineffectiveness in, in, at the wide receiver slot. So why not dress them and just split them outside for a particular game just to try to get through it? But I don't think that's, that's viable long term.
3: John there's about five or six teams competing for the final two wildcard spots in the NFC. Obviously right now it's Minnesota and New Orleans, the Eagles beat New Orleans, uh, they beat Carolina, I, I, Atlanta somehow is still in it, but you know that's just the way the is <laughs> this year. Um, who are the Eagles two biggest threats to taking that wildcard spot right now?
4: Well, I think one, uh, San Francisco hosts Minnesota, I think that's one. Whoever wins that game is probably going to make the playoffs, I would think. And I think the 49ers will probably win that game. Although you know you talk about the NFC West as a whole, and then you got they got to play the Rams, they got to play the Cardinals, and maybe they get beat up from that standpoint. Um, but I do think one of those two teams is going to be uh, probably the most difficult, um, and maybe the loser is the second most difficult. To be honest, it looks like New Orleans is going to be without Kamara again and Armstead and Ramsick, So they're leaking oil. Um, You know, Washington concerns me a little bit and I don't even know why I can't verbalize it. Probably because I don't like anybody else. And I say, well, that team could could jump up and bite you. Um, And Taylor Heineke can play well, at least at times. Uh, Probably the consistency is not there, but overall, I mean, I'm not to this point yet, but I'm getting to the point where I'm turning the Eagles could make the playoffs and the Eagles into the Eagles should make the playoffs because of the schedule. Um, And it starts with the Giants and Jets and obviously back-to-back weeks, and then you get the Giants again after the bye. You got to get three wins there, period. You got to get three wins. And if they get those three wins, I, I think they're in good shape. Three very winnable games, and three games
2: in which I think they're going to be favorite. I think they'll be favorite in all three. They're already favored against the Giants, three three and a half. They'll be favored against the Jets, and then when they come home after they beat the Giants this week, they'll surely be favored against the Giants again. All right, Johnny Mac, I need uh, one prediction for you before we let you go. We started today's show talking about the sieve that is the New York Giant line and how it's making everyone pay a price around it, starting with Jason Garrett. Saquon Barkley, uh, can you really evaluate the giant quarterback by that offensive line? The answer is yes, he can't play. Uh, (laughs) I haven't changed my opinion on that. Um, Who on the Eagles is going to be able to take advantage of this? They've got 18 sacks for the year, one game, five against the Lions. So you look at the rest, that's 13 sacks in 10 games. That's not a whole hell of a lot, John. Somebody could do some eating this weekend. Who's going to be the Eagle defensive lineman that gets to chow down because the Giants' offensive line stinks.
4: Yeah, I mean, I well, I think they're going to get a ton of pressures. And you know me, I don't, I don't, I. They're not a, they don't have a lot. I didn't of ask you yet. about pressures. We know you love pressures. Yeah.
2: Sacks paid the rent.
4: Well, they don't tell me who's going to get the sacks. You know, I I go all the way, and here's the thing: I go all, all the way back to. And by the way, there's a. Aaron Rodgers real quick is on Pat McAfee show every week. Yeah. Everybody probably realizes that because of the vaccine stuff a couple weeks ago, but he was talked. there's a clip out there. People should search it out. They should look for it. There's a clip about him talking about Harrison Smith in Minnesota. Cause he just played them last week. And it really gives you an in-depth look of what Jonathan Gannon is trying to accomplish on the Eagles defense, trying to evolve it into So that's why I encourage everybody to seek it out and and show because Aaron Rodgers is obviously one of the the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And he explains why that Zimmer defense is so difficult. And that's what Jonathan Gannon is trying to do. So that's why I'm bringing this up. You go all the way back to Mike Zimmer in Cincinnati. His pass rush was always about discipline, always about keeping your lanes, always about keeping the quarterback contained, not about sacks. That's what they're trying to do. And I see Jody rolling his eyes. You there can you roll are. your eyes, but I'm telling you the How, truth. W- 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 John, what John when was
2: the Viking accomplish. defense ever a top-five defense? Aaron Rodgers yeah. can say nice things about him all
4: he wants. What has their defense ever gotten, really, defense they ever gotten the Minnesota five Vikings? Years, five Who's years that? in a row they were a top-five defense five years consecutively. Now they've fallen off over the past two years because of injuries and losing guys in free agency. They had a run Ask Jarrett, Jeff, they had a run where they were number one or number two or number three. I think it was for four years in a row that, that is. And if you talk about, if you talk to people around this league, I say it all the time when they talk about the defensive football, Zimmer's one of the first or second or third names they bring up. There's a couple other guys. Vic Fangio, I think, is better, for instance. And we just saw Vic a couple weeks ago. And, you know, if you don't have the talent, you still can't have success. But when you have the talent and you have the scheme, and I only bring it up because that's what Gannon is trying to accomplish. Now you might not like it. You might not agree with it. You might roll your eyes, but I'm trying to say that's what he's preaching. He's preaching discipline on the pass rush. That's why you see the pressures, but you don't necessarily see the sacks. And, and it happened way back to the Cincinnati defenses, who, by the way, Jody, were also top five. Uh, look it up. The guy has had more top five defenses than anybody else in this league. That's what he's trying to accomplish.
3: Um, here's one for you john so this i'm not a hot take guy as you know but i said this for years if kirk cousins was with the vikings when they had those top five defenses we'd be looking at kirk cousins a whole lot differently than we do now
4: yeah and and by the way offensive line as well they can't fix their offensive line they've been trying for half a day
3: amazing kirk cousins has 21 touchdowns and two interceptions this year it really is
4: uh, they have a really, really bad offensive line. And they've had a really bad offensive line for about five, six years. They're another one of those teams that can't fix the offensive line. And that's why I say Jeff Stoutland, if the Eagles make the playoffs, the MVP of the Philadelphia Eagles is not a player. It's Jeff Stoutland.
2: Yeah, on that we certainly can agree. Jay mac uh, hope COVID testing goes well for you, buddy. We'll see you back here on Friday. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, Thanksgiving, John. John McMullen, usual co-host, doing the guest thing today. He's got COVID testing. So we got Jeff Kerr in his place. We appreciate you tuning in here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Oh, by the way, we still got an hour and change to play today. And then we got a special Thanksgiving show coming up here. Uh, Football-centric. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis are going to be on uh hour and a half down the road from now with a Thanksgiving Eagles football special. One-hour show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, which you want to be tuned for. While you're at it, we appreciate you streaming in with us. Like us here on Birds365.
7: Messen Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
2: On three. One, two, three. Because
8: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
6: Go
0: for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
6: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You. Could say that
2: Jeff Kerr and Jody McDonald, your birds three sixty-five guys. All right. Uh, before we get back to talking about the Eagles and the Giants, I do just want to make one quick point, um, Jeff. When people say where teams are ranked defensively in the National Football League, what are they usually referring to? So,
3: a lot of a lot of analysts like to go yards. I'm a points guy personally, but I break down so many combinations. Like, because you know, I'm a big. Uh, I don't know if. You know, a lot of our streamers have heard about this, but true media, uh, you know, I'm always putting in stats and breaking down and looking stuff up like that. Like, you know, the Eagles are they play man this much. They play zone this much. They pressure this much. They blitz this much. They drop back in coverage uh, too high this much. It's so I, I I'm all over the board when it comes to defense. But the basic moniker to me is points, points allowed.
2: Right. And um, I tend to lean toward agreeing with you. I think you need to look at both yards given up and points given up. Bottom line, end of the day, the game is decided by the scoreboard, and that's points. So that's why I would put points above yardage. But the general consensus across the board when you hear it on broadcasts and the like, when they say the top-ranked defense, the fourth-ranked, the 10th-ranked, in the top 10, in the top 20... What are they referring to? What do yeah. most, most people use?
3: Yeah, most people will use yards. Uh, I think some do use points. I mean, I, I don't know how uh, I mean, you guys use it on WIP, Jody, but you know, I always wondered that too because I'm thinking, wait, do they mean points or they mean yards? I actually have to look it up you know, because I'm like – because I know a lot of people were ripping the Chiefs defense how many yards they give up and how many points, and obviously their defense is bad. But when they were giving up a lot of yards, they were only giving up like 14 points a game. So I'm like – their defense ain't that bad if they're holding the 14. So, you know, and I, I remember a lot of years, Jim Johnson's defense, they were top 10 across the board, but they always gave up more yards and points. They always were top five in points.
2: Understood. Um, that's why I attempted to make the point that I made um, about the Minnesota Viking defense. Uh, where do you think the Minnesota Viking defense is ranked right now? They Using got- yardage, which most people use, even though Jeff Carr and Jordy McDonald might say it does a little... This justice to actual scoring defense, how many points a team put. Where do you think the Vikings are in the NFL right now? I bet they're under 25th.
3: They,
2: yeah. They <laughs> 27th. Yep. <same. laughs> they're 27th in the National Football League. Who McClone was just scolding me about. What are you talking about? Their defense is always in the top 10. They always have a top 10 defense. Oh, except this year where they're 27th. Where do you think they were ranked all last year? 2020. Oh, I know where they were ranked last
3: year because I did the Christmas game with Kamara and when he had the six touchdowns, I said, I, I am telling people, I'm like, if I, you know, you don't have you don't need me to be a fancy football expert to tell you to start Alvin Kamara, but I'm like, you got for anybody who has Alvin Kamara, he's gonna have a big day. And they said, What are you talking about? He doesn't score any touchdowns. I'm like, I bet he scores at least three today. Got six. Got six. Six touchdowns. Why? Because the Vikings can't tackle. Eric Wilson was owned by Alvin Kamara last year. And I like the Eric Wilson side because he's good at pass coverage. But the Vikings were the worst tackling team in football. They, they were like 31st or 32nd in defense. They were
2: bad. They were, they were actually 28th uh, overall in the national football, League, which isn't good. Not uh, 30th or 20 or 31st, but 28th. All right, let's go back to the year before. Maybe a little bit more healthy. Maybe. Where do you think they ranked? Yardage per game.
3: That was when the downfall started. So I would I would say about twentieth.
2: Now they were a uh, slightly better, but thirteenth. Okay, Forget yeah. about top five. They haven't been in the top ten in the last two and change years. Yeah. Thirteenth two years ago. 28th last year, 27th this year. How far do we have to go back to find a defense with the Minnesota Vikings that was actually in the top 10, let alone the top five, which John just tried to tell me they
3: are every year. No, they're I not. Think he, I think McMull was pointing out when Zimmer first got that coaching job and, you know, when they had the miss Blair Walsh field goal and they made the NFC championship game for the Eagles trounced them, which, you know, I, I actually thought that game was going to be I, – when I pick games – if I say a team's going to win by fourteen, it usually means they're going to kill them. Um, I think the Eagles win by fourteen. Everybody goes, "You're you're really that high on them today?" I'm like, Vikings don't have an offensive line. Case Cam's their quarterback. Don't give me the number one defense crap because the Eagles are going to score enough points to beat them. <laughs> I didn't think they'd be up thirty-eight to seven, but yeah, I, I didn't think it was going to
2: be a close game either. How many years has Zimmer been the coach in Minnesota now? Zimmer, when did he start? Twenty fourteen? It might it might
3: even be before that. Maybe 2012. I'm trying to remember when Fraser was. Oh, no, it has to be 14 because Frazier
2: was there in 2013. Okay, so his first couple of years. We're, we're now several years down the road. So do we just continue to give Zimmer credit for having this great defense when he's now had several years in a row with mediocre to poor defenses? At some point, don't you get, all right, it was good, but it's not good now. Well, exactly what kind of defense for the entire Zimmer era should we be uh, – trying to describe the Vikings as I think from for about 20 I I don't
3: want to go 20 for about 15 years when he was defense coordinator the Cowboys they usually had pretty decent defense even though the Cowboys had no talent on that defense whatsoever years at the Bengals he was great so the last couple years definitely not but a lot of Zimmer's assistants are getting jobs so he must be doing something right
2: maybe um i'm just uh, the vikings are what the vikings are and oh by the way the vikings have a chance to make the playoffs this year why because of their offense not because of their defense if they go to the playoffs this year it's going to be because they won this past week against the packers why because Aaron Rodgers scored too fast he had a 75 yard play games tied guess what you give it back to kirk cousins with those wide receivers and that running back they're going to put up one more score and they're going to win the game. It wasn't because of their defense. Their defense gave up a 75 yard touchdown like that. To Aaron Rodgers. they won because of their offense. That's, so
3: please. That's what I tell him. people all the time, like the Vikings have a terrible offense. I, 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 I said this earlier. It's amazing. Kirk Cousins is having the year he's having. Cause if he isn't, the Vikings are probably three and eight. I mean, or three and seven, whatever, you know, wait, five, five, two. Eight. Yeah. Three and seven. So
2: they're probably that bad. It's. Her Cousins is, he's not having an MVP type year, but he's definitely having a Pro Bowl type year. Now, with the fact that the MVP is as wide open as it is, I'm not throwing Cousins out yet. He's, you for me, he's, still in, he's in that conversation. He's not at the top of the list, but he's still in the mix. He's still got a chance. I'm not uh, counting Cousins out with. By 20. the way, Jerry, when do we just say it's not going to be a quarterback
3: and it's just going to be Jonathan Taylor? Because he's starting to. Every week, it, I feel like he's elevating himself in that conversation.
2: Hey, here's where you, you got to be careful, uh, overreacting to one week. And I know Taylor's had a great season, but I'm going to take the under five touchdowns this week. You're going to take the over or push? You think he's going to get five again Wait. this week? I I don't think so, J.K. You know they play this week, right?
3: They're not getting five touchdowns. <laughs> he's yeah. not five touchdowns. Right. The Colts oh, yeah.
2: aren't getting five touchdowns, let alone Jonathan Taylor getting all of them. All right. Uh, you and I have uh, with uh, Johnny Mack talked plenty about the Giants in the first uh, segment of the show, but I do want to double down on it. Uh, the fact that Jason Garrett got uh, fired. i glad Jay Mack and I agree on that. That's just a stone-cold scapegoating. It's going right. to sound like I'm defending Jason Garrett, and I'm not. I don't think he did a good job this last year and change uh, since taking over as offensive coordinator of the Giants. But when one guy loses a job, when everybody else gets to keep theirs for hour much longer, I think the Giants gonna be till the end of the year. Then I think it's going to be a massive house cleaning by Mara. Um, I, I just don't think that it's right when one person has to pay the price at, at a time for everybody else's shortcomings. Dave Gettleman is the guy who put this team together, and I thought there was a good chance that Gettleman was going to be fired this past offseason, and the ownership decided to give another year and give another chance. Well, guess what? It still stinks, and it stinks from the head down. Uh, Dave, Dave Gettleman's got to go, and he's had some cute press conferences and calling offensive linemen hog mollies and like, but if you can't pick them, Jeff Kerr, it doesn't matter how much time you dedicate to it, how much resources you dedicate to it, how cute your uh, names are for those type players. You got to be able to actually pick them and they'd get them in his show no ability to do so.
3: Yeah. You know, here's the amazing part about the Giants this year. And I, You know, if I had to bet the house on any team that I thought, was overhyped, overrated, or was going to suck this year, it was the New York Football Giants. It, it was because they were not good last year. And everybody likes to point out, well, they came from an own 5 star and ended up 6-10. and That's wonderful. I, I really don't care. The NFC East sucked. They played a bunch of bad teams at the end of the year. Uh, everybody likes to point out they won against Colt. They won with Colt McCoy in Seattle. Well, Seattle didn't have any fans there. And you know what? Seattle was on the downtrend last year. I didn't see it. Because I, I, I'd see yeah, I represented the NFC in Super Bowl last year, and I still thought Russ was going to cook them all the way there, and you know we all know what happened. But I kept looking at it as, look, this team is not good. Like, they're, they're, you know, Dallas was, you know, obviously all their injuries. I mean, look, they're playing Ben DiNucci as quarterback. The Eagles were a hot mess. Washington was just the best, the best of a bad bunch. They weren't a good football team last year. Everybody kept going, oh, they signed Kenny Galladay, and they signed Kyle Rudolph. They got this guy. They got that guy. They have a top 10 defense. Well, that's, that's awesome. Um, Daniel Jones is their quarterback, and their offensive line still sinks. They did nothing to improve that offensive line, and that's what I blame Dave Gellman for. He signed the wrong players with that money. I like Kenny Galladay as a player. That was not the right move for the New York Giants. Kenny, Kenny Galladay has been hurt. Um, Darius Slay has more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay. As a matter of fact, Kenny Galladay has as many touchdowns as you and I do, Jody. Zero. He's got nothing. You're paying him $70 million over four years for that? I'm sorry. That's just not good enough. And, you know, they kept saying, well, Saquon's going to be back healthy. Well, Saquon got hurt again. So, and when Saquon's in, he hasn't been as effective as he's been. It's just, you know what, this is This is where I agree with you with the Jason Garrett's scapegoat. Jason Garrett may be out of his court as an offense coordinator now, hasn't done it in 10 years, and he's not, you know, the way he calls plays is not the way the NFL is going, but... You can't put a square peg in the round hole and they got nothing to work
2: with. Let me ask you about Saquon, because I was one of those guys who justified the pick when they took him. Others said, you can't take a, how can you take a running back with the second pick on the draft? That's just idiocy. That's lunacy. You can't do it. And I said, if you think he's a once every 10 year back, you sure as that can use it. If you don't think the other players that you could take at that juncture, are worth the value that Saquon Barkley is. You have to. I think you're obligated to go ahead and pick him, but there is always the injury factor, and I think the injury factor has handicapped Saquon Barkley. Uh, and you you got to factor that into when you're making that pick. That if we take this guy and he gets hurt, we're going to look awfully bad. I know he's been hurt this year, and I'm not in that giant locker room. I'm not even a giant beat reporter, so I don't know to the extent of what injury he's been uh, dealing with, but. I've seen a couple giant games. He just doesn't look as quick as he used to be. He's not hitting the hold the way that he used to. He doesn't have that playmaking ability that he once did. And I don't know if he's ever getting it back. If he doesn't, then I'm going to have to apologize to all those giant critics who said, how the hell do you take a running back with the second pick of the draft? When I defended the giants for doing so to this point, the Saquon Barkley era has not been what it was supposed to be. JK.
3: Yeah, so this is how I looked at it as someone who went to Penn State and literally watched Saquon Barkley pretty much every college snap. I said, this guy is going to be a stud in the NFL. And this was his first game at Penn State. Like, you could just tell. He was built different, and he just kept getting better and better every year. Then I started evaluating him like an NFL analyst um, his last year. And there was one thing about Saquon Barkley's game I didn't like, and it was a third and six play against Washington in the Fiesta. No, it was third and two. Barkley takes it outside when there was a hole. He lost four yards. And I said, dude, in the NFL, that's not going to work. You're going to get injured or you're going to lose six yards. He lost four on that play. And Penn State had to punt their defense, had to hold a 35 28 lead late. They did. But Saquon got away with that. And a lot of draft analysts said, Saquon Barkley is a very special talent. I don't think he's as cerebral as a lot of people seem to think he is like, you're right. And now he just doesn't hit the hole the way he should. But my joke is with him, he's going to be great on second t- contract for another team. I still think the talent is there. I just think he has to get better pass protection. He has to learn. He just can't outrun everybody because he's not that player anymore. But I still think he has talent. I just think it's a, for me anyway, I didn't mind the pick when the giants made it, but unless you have an offensive line and guys that can block for him, it was a useless pick, and they're paying him a lot of money to, I mean, look, look what the Eagles are doing with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. They're more effective than Saquon Barkley this year. That's all you got to know.
2: Very true. Uh, The results are in, and it's not even close. The Eagles run the football better than the Giants do. And we expect the Eagles to run the football again this week. There's no reason why you wouldn't if you are Nick Sirianni. And the Giants defensive line has not lived up to expectations. Williams, they gave a lot of money to to lock him up during the offseason. He's having a, a solid year, not as good as last year, but a little bit of a drop off. But I can't really uh, give him too much grief because he's the only guy on that uh, off defensive line. And that's an issue uh, when a, an inside guy is the guy you most fear. Eagles, same thing, better at D-tackle the than they are at D-end. Giants are the same thing. Do you have any concerns that the Giants' defensive line can stonewall the Eagles' rush, rushing attack yep. this week? Well, their linebacking of course, has been
3: bad, too. And I think a lot of that has to do with Blake Martinez being out for the season. I mean, that that guy's all over the football, you know. And people can say what they want about him in the pass coverage. He makes plays. He's a playmaker, and they have missed him. And the Giants' defense – excluding last week they've been better over the last couple of weeks but I, I just don't think they're going to get the pressure on Jalen Hurts they need and they really seem to struggle against running quarterbacks it's been that way for since and Patrick Grant's a good defensive coordinator it's I just don't think they have the personnel to right now to do anything about it and I'll tell you what this might be a really good matchup like if Eagles fans want to see Jalen Hurts or the football efficiently and better this week's a good week to do that because Bradbury's not having a good year at cornerback as well. Like it's going to be, if Jalen hurts is a big throwing day on Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised.
2: I still like the giants at the corner and yeah, Bradbury might not be having as good a year as he did last year. Cause he was pro bowl level last year. And, and he's still pretty damn good. I would be careful if you're going to try and pick on him. Uh, he, and maybe, you know, better than me. I haven't been able to check this yet. Um, I'm a big Logan Ryan fan uh, at safety for the giants. He's in COVID protocol. Did he play against Tampa on Monday night? Was he already in and missed the game? Is he on the tail end of uh, the COVID protocol? You or what, is he going to be back for the game?
3: I don't remember seeing him Monday night. I I, I don't. Uh, I didn't rewatch Monday night games. So, yeah, that that's a good question. I'll, I'll have to look that up during the break, Jody. But, yeah, I, I don't remember seeing him Monday night. I could be 100% wrong on this, though.
2: And I, I think he's one of the better safeties in the National Football League. I looked at that as a strength of the Giants coming into the season. Didn't love their front seven. Now, Williams is a good tackle. Is he Fletcher Cox? No. And I didn't love the pass rush that the Giants had on the outside. Ojalari good second-round pick. And he has shown. I, I, I like that pick, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and he has shown the ability to get some pass rush this year. Uh, and Martinez, as you correctly pointed out, all he is is a tackling machine. You can question his athleticism, his ability to cover. So put him in the middle and let him make 140 tackles. That works for me. And without him, that uh, giant defense isn't as good. But I really did like the giant secondary coming into the year. I thought they were going to be good, even though I didn't love their front seven. Well, now their secondary isn't even that good because a couple of guys haven't been playing to the level I thought they were going to. And if Logan Ryan is out. I do think the Eagles can take advantage of it. You would think, oh, safety out—that means passing yards. No, could be rushing yards. They're missing yeah. Martinez and Logan Ryan could be out because of COVID. Yeah, I think the the Eagles are going to be able to do what they've done the last three weeks, which is just run it down the opponent's throats.
3: Honestly, we might see this the next few weeks. I mean, I I just don't see any defenses. Definitely, none of the teams in New York are going to stop it. Um, you know, the Jets have a better run defense. The Giants have a better run defense right now. It's I mean, look, Nick Sirianni's just going to keep doing this until someone can stop it. And really, and McMullen's right. The only team I think that can stop it right now is Washington, and I'm not even sure they can. It, it, it just might be something we see the rest of the year, just because the Eagles—they have one that I shouldn't even say they have one uh, this year. They they have the best offensive line in football. They, they they really do. Um, the way they're able to pound pound the football. Weekend and week out. I mean, this isn't just like a two, three week trend now. This is, they can do this pretty much anybody, uh any front. It's if Nick Sariani lets these guys get their hands dirty, the Eagles are going to move the chains and they're going to score in the red zone. That's it, it, just the way this team is built right now. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win out the rest of the year, but they're going to be tough to beat because of this running
2: game. He's Jeff Kerr. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Birds 365 duo today. Johnny Mac was on early. If you missed him and you say, oh, what did McMullen have to say? You always go back and watch it afterwards. You know that. We appreciate those of you who are streaming in with us live right now here on Birds 365. Do us a favor. If if you're enjoying it, if you're liking it. if. you're Here every single day, if you're here often enough to be a Birds 365 guy, do us a favor and like the show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. <music>
7: Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
2: On three. One, two, three. Because
8: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
6: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... Could say that.
2: Appreciate your streaming in here on Birds 365. It's Jeff Kirk. phone in for John McMullen, who was on with us earlier, but he's got to get down to. Care Complex for COVID testing purposes. So he can go on the road up the turnpike this Sunday to the Eagles and Giants, where the Philadelphia Eagles, as of right now, Jeff, are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I got no issues with the spread as of right now. That's basically what I thought it was going to be. Could be three, could be four. Damn, it's exactly where it is, right at three-and-a-half. That's what I thought it was going to be. Before the Giants got their rear ends kicked on Monday night against Tampa. After the Giants got their rear ends kicked on Monday night against Tampa. Um, You surprised at all by the number on this game right now? Eagles is a three and a half point choice. I thought it would be a little higher, but I get it. They're on the road. Um,
3: Yeah, it's it's about the opening line I would expect Um, at this point. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest Vegas guy in the world, but I – I, I don't know. It just feels like I want to be baited a little bit more into taking you know a, a higher point spread because the way the Giants are playing and them firing an offensive coordinator in the middle of a short week, I don't know. It just seems like it's there aren't dead man walking right now, and I don't know. It's it just feels like three and a half's not enough. But I I get it, Eagles are on the road. I mean even though they're only going up the turnpike, it's three and a half's not
4: much.
2: Let me uh, run this one by you because uh, we talked a little bit about the gambling aspect of it last night on my show on WIP. And at least two guys said, yeah, but it's the divisional game. Cause I was saying to you, I'm going at three and a half. I think the Eagles have to be a play because they're playing as well as they are. And the Giants are playing as poorly as they are. Game is of course uh, up the turnpike at the Giants home stadium, but I I was uh, ready, willing, and able to take three and a half points and not one, but two different Eagle fans said to me, said, yeah, but it's a divisional game that divisional games are so tough and they know each other. It's a divisional game, but it's, it's a new Eagle team. It's a new coaching staff, Nick Sirianni. He can fake as much as he wants. and he understands the rivalry that is the Eagles and the giants. He has no idea. He's never been part of it before. Guys who have been Eagle fans for 40 years know what the Giants and Eagles mean. That's not Nick Sirianni. Do you think that is... we under emphasize that or overemphasize the divisional competition rivalry aspect of it? Definitely in the first
3: meeting because they haven't played Giants yet this year. It's like playing the Saints. You haven't seen them either. So what's the difference? Right. It's you're not playing the Giants the second time here. It's not like the second time you're playing Dallas. You haven't seen this team and the Giants have not seen this coach this coaching staff, they can scheme this run, this zone read all they want. Um, they have not seen it. Um, they have not seen this football team. The Eagles have not seen this football team. its I think people blow this stuff a little bit out of proportion. Like, the players know it's a big deal. Like, again, I, I coach. I, I can tell people, oh, this is your rival. This is your rival. Well, that's great. You still got to go out there and play. So, yeah, I think we overemphasize the – the Giants Eagles rivalry is, I mean, obviously, eagle Eagles players want to win. Like Jason Kelsey and those guys, they'll tell you how big of a deal it is. Same with the Cowboys, you know, the same with Lane Johnson and the Cowboys. But I think as fans, we tend to over scrutinize this stuff a little bit. All
2: right, let me run this to, by you, too, because John and I talked about it yesterday. The quarterback and the head coach both use the same word to describe the Eagles on Sunday after the victory. And both kind of changed direction thereafter. But they both went to this word that the Philadelphia Eagles 2021 version is a nasty version. That this is a nasty football team. And I, when I first heard it, I just kind of shook my head. And then I thought about it a little bit. I said, all right, maybe it's because I'm trying to justify the use of it by two guys who I kind of like and want to root for. But I came back to, no, it's just... I, there's no nasty in the National Football League, Jeff. Again, you're younger than me. Most everybody is. Um, but uh, I, I go back to yesteryear with the Philadelphia Eagles. Certainly, I go back to the buddy Ryan Days. He was the first coach when I moved to Philadelphia. I did the Eagle pregame show with a nasty Philadelphia Eagle for two years named Bill Berge. Uh, Yes, uh, Andre Dirty uh, Muddy Waters was a nasty player. Jeff Jordan Uh, was a nasty player. Exactly right. Jeremiah Trotter, Brian Dawkins. We've had good, hard-hitting, nasty players here in Philadelphia. They got anybody nasty on this team? On the offensive line, they
3: do. You know, we're not looking at this defensively. We're looking at Jordan Milano, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. They're pretty nasty. So if that's the nasty they're going for, yeah, I can see that. They definitely have an offensive line that they do not like to get pushed around. In fact, they're doing the pushing. They they, are, they aren't they just the bullies. They are the bullies that you stand up to them, and they're just going to beat even more. That that's, that's the identity of this football team. They have an offensive line that you better bring your A game against them, or they're just going to pound you into the sand. And – even if you do bring your A game against them, like look, look at what um I'm trying to think who it was the other week. Um, was oh, it the Denver game? I'm trying to remember who it was, but Lane Johnson threw someone around like a rag doll that game. I, it might have been Bradley Chubb. Um, but I'm just looking at it as the nasty guys on this team are the guys up front, and in a way, Jalen Hurts is nasty because. He can juke you out like a Barry Sanders, or he can run through you. We don't want him to do that. Jordan Howard, uh, you know, he just bullies through you. He's the battering ram after Miles Sanders. Like, he's like like, after the Eagles wear you down, Jordan Howard is there for an easy seven yards and just gets worse. Are there nasty guys on this defense? Maybe Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, but I wouldn't say there's like, you know, a Seth Georgia. Not the Eagles' identity
2: we're used to. You know? uh, Oh, go ahead, Jay. And that's the that's point I was going to make, Jeff, because when they both said it, I immediately said, no, stop. They're not, I know what nasty football looks like. You're not playing nasty football these days. You don't have nasty type players. But here was the way where I almost justified it in my own mind. If you compare this year's Eagles team to every other team in the National Football League this year, I immediately revert to comparing to Eagles teams from yesteryear. Well, the game has changed. The, the 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 way they legislate the game, call the game, referee the game has certainly changed, which I think has taken a little bit of, if not more than a little, a, a pretty good chunk of nastiness out of it. If you're looking at it that way, I can see where they can get away with calling this team nasty. But if you're trying to say nasty as compared to Eagle teams of yesteryear, yeah, no shot. No way. Uh, and- by the way, Jerry, you know
3: who I think might be the nastiest team in football this year and you wouldn't think it? The Chiefs, um, their defense just gets after you and punishes you. They were punishing them. And, uh, and often, I'm telling you what, they got some swagger back because they did not mind getting 15-yard taunting penalties against the Dallas Cowboys. I think they wanted to prove a point saying, you know what, you're the big, bad Cowboys. You guys think you're really good because you beat a lowly team like the Falcons. Yeah, come beat us. Come come shut us down. And Dallas can say, oh, he held them to 19 points. You got destroyed in that football game. You got absolutely manhandled in the track. I had to point it out. I said, this is not, this game is not close. The score is close. The game is not.
2: And the team that I thought was going to be the nastiest in the National Football League this year was going to be Buffalo. And they have not been nasty. They, they've been kind of pushed around, which I did not see coming. I that, that was the biggest surprise game of the year. They just, Jonathan Taylor, you want to talk about nasty, uh, your MVP candidate at running back. Jonathan Taylor might be the nastiest guy around because he just laughed in the face of Buffalo's defense on yeah, Sunday. a player
3: on his own team. A guy called the Maniac, Darius Slaren, pretty nasty. He was beaten up on the Bills pretty good Sundays. I, I am so curious to see how hard Knox is going to be the night after that blowout. I have a oh. feeling there's going to be a lot of quotes from that one.
2: All right. Do me a favor. Text me after you watch Hard Knocks because I don't know that I'm going to get a chance to watch it. So I need the. Did, uh, did you see week one yet?
3: Did you see I'm the I have
2: not. First? No. And oh, I, oh, know, it's a, it's I know that wow. I said I was going to, but I got your uh, review on that. So I almost feel like I don't have to watch it. Oh, it was I, fun. Uh, it, it, it was fun. <laughs> OK. I want to get one more thing in before we get our uh, second guest up. You know her well, you Jacob, Jacob Media YouTube uh, users. Uh, Devin Caney, who is part of the Eagles Game show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel is scheduled to join us. If we had Devin on, it must've been on a show that I wasn't in because I don't think I've ever had her on as a guest before. Uh, So we're looking forward to that. But before we do, I got to cut my buddy Jeff Kerr a little slack here because last week, same thing Wednesday, uh, we were, uh, he was filling in for John McMullen. And it just so happens that Wednesdays are the days they come out with the power rankings and Jeff, of course, works full-time for cbssports.com. And when I question the overall ranking, the power ranking of the Eagles on cbssports.com, Jeff, to a and said, not me. Don't look at me. Yeah, I may work for him, but I got nothing to do yeah. with power rankings, Joe. Don't, don't look at me. On. That's not on me. That's one guy, and it's not me. So please don't get on my – and if, if he's telling us the truth, which I believe he is, he's right, and I was giving him a hard time for it, Guilty by association, I think, is the way you would describe it. Uh, that Since we gave him a hard time last week, we've got to give him credit. He did a pretty good job jumping the Eagles up number 18 on the CBSSports.com power ranking as compared to ESPN, where the Eagles are still outside the top 20 at number 21. Uh, who should I be uh, giving thanks to for getting it right and giving the Eagles the props after their win against the Saints this week? That would be Pete Prisco um so
3: he he goes on cbs sports hq or 24 hour ups where it's like espn news back in the day and he breaks down every game right after it happened and he said i gotta move him in my top 20 he said that was a beat down he, he said it right 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 after the game that was a beat down to that like they're legit they're good it's he said i would not be surprised if they move up even more because you know and he pointed out what we all point out look at the schedule you know just he I, 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 has been a fan of Jalen Hurts for a bit, and I think he's been getting a lot of hate because he's overly critical of him. But I know when, like, I remember when the Eagles drafted him. He said, "I don't mind the pick because they'll have a pick for 50 picks, and they want their guy. That's their guy." And you know, it's he's been a Jalen Hurts fan for quite a bit now,
2: and he should be because Jalen Hurts is playing the way that he's playing. And oh, by the way, in case you couldn't figure it out. Oh, the Giants are ranked specifically lower than, and uh, I think it's Philly Voice compiles them all, Bleacher Report, Ringer, CBS, NBC, ESPN, and they put a a list together and even uh, give you an average across the board. The Eagles are up to 18 and change. First time this year, they've been into the top 20 uh, on the average across the board, and they've earned it. I don't know if they'll move up as drastically this week that they beat the Giants because they're beating up on a bad team. The Giants aren't a good team right now, but they need to keep their upward momentum going, Jeff Kerr.
3: Yeah. So, you know, funny thing about the power rankings, uh, Jody. So when I was at 24-7 Sports, we did that, like what Philly Voice did with every team. And you know how they have, like, the composite, like, five-star, like, rating system between, like, all the the teams? That's what we did with like twenty major outlets, and we compared it. I remember in twenty seventeen, it was like after week twelve, Eagles are best team in the NFL, and that's how we sold it. This is the best team in the NFL. Why? Because all these teams together are saying that. But yeah, they do got to keep the, the momentum going, Jody. They they really do. I mean, when you got a Giants team that is not good, they're in the free fall. You're playing them twice. You know what? Giants bye week Jets. Uh, I I think that's how it goes. I'm trying to yeah yeah because there's bye week between the New York teams, but. This is the other thing I think people are forgetting with this team. And we mentioned this last week. I think it was last week. They don't go on a plane the rest of the year. Their farthest trip is Washington. It's literally, it's train run. That might be a major, I I know it's a minor thing, but that's a major advantage for a lot of football teams. And I I think it's going to help them going forward, you know, because they're not going to have to worry about sleep schedules or doing this or doing that. It's, pretty much, hey, we're, we're going to get on the train on Saturday afternoon. We're going to go down to Washington. And they seem to play well down there, too, we, even in, you know, last year notwithstanding. But usually they do a pretty decent job when they go down there.
2: And, oh, by the way, with the Washington football team, we haven't mentioned this yet today. Uh, the NFL shored up its schedule for some games in the last month. Um, the Washington Eagles game in Philadelphia was scheduled for TBD, which is to be determined. It could have been Saturday. It could have been Sunday. It could have been early afternoon. It could have been late afternoon. They do this uh, when they add games on, on Saturday late in the season, kind of like the Sunday night game, the flexibility aspect to it that you can change some teams around. You can flex them in and out if you want. The NFL gave itself flexibility with uh, the scheduling of games uh, the last couple weeks of the season. They have locked the Eagles and the Washington football team in. If you haven't seen this, that game is going to be a Sunday 1 o'clock game, which, oh, by the way, for me, that's my favorite time for the Eagles to be playing. I know for Johnny Max, it's absolutely his favorite time for them to be playing. I just think East Coast football, it's supposed to be played Sundays at 1 and, yeah, it would have been different if they had a Saturday game. And I guess it's a more national game. You're not competing with everybody else around the National Football League. It's it's not a, oh, we have to do the Washington football team and the Eagles It's a national game because both teams are on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs go. And I think one can get there, and I think it's the Eagles. But, um, so that, that game doesn't have lust or, uh, as much luster a couple weeks out as some other options that they had. Uh, I'm not offended by the fact that they didn't make that a Saturday game. I'm actually happy that they made it a Sunday at one game. Have I you ever say.
3: attended a Saturday game?
2: Have I attended? Yeah, I've been to a yeah. couple Saturday no, doesn't games. It
3: weird, like, doesn't it feel weird when you go? Like I, I was at uh, Washington Philly in 2014 in DC and I was like, wait, it's Saturday. It's not even Sunday. Like, this is the only NFL game playing right now. And it it it, it does feel different. Like I've ever like they lost that game and going out, I'm like. Oh yeah, that's right. I have tomorrow off. Like it's, it was a weird, it was a weird day. It, it's, yeah. Those Saturday games are,
2: Saturdays are meant for college football, but obviously there's right. Not football. Yeah, th- thank you very much. You uh, just gave my answer for me. If I thought I was missing college football games, I'd go. Yeah, do we really want to do the NFL? Inside? No, college football season is basically over by that point. So if we get NFL on both Saturdays and Sundays, I think that's a good thing. All right. These Jeff Kerr. I'm Jordan McDonald. Coming back, we're gonna to talk to our very own. She is part of the Eagles post-game show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Devin is gonna join us next here on Birch 365. <laughs>
7: Toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the
0: hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
6: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling
5: me that bottle is cut in half?
6: You. Could say that.
2: What is the stream here on the Jake Media YouTube channel? The sixty-five. 365. You got Jeff, very important on the phone, and we've the top. I was told yesterday by the producer, the you show know, that I needed to tell the people to like the show a little bit more. For YouTube purposes, to get, quote unquote, the ratings up. Jordy, just tell them to like the show. Remember to tell them to like the show. I, I, I didn't know that's why we had Devin Caney on, was to get more people to like the show. But if that's
9: the way it works out, we'll take it. Oh, wow, I didn't know. Pressure's on. I didn't know that was my role. But guys, yeah, like the show. <laughs> uh,
2: we have faith in you, Devin. Thank you very much for hopping on with us today. Um, you and I have never uh, spoken before, and we certainly haven't talked about this year's Eagles team. So, my first question to you is what is it you like about the 2021 Eagles?
9: Okay, so I think that the 2021 Eagles, uh, we didn't know their identity for a while. It's been a confusing season. Um, Right now, I have to say my favorite part of the 2021 Eagles is this guy on my sweatshirt here, uh, Mr. Jalen Hurts, who has been, I've been a fan of him through his ups and downs. I know he's had a lot of ups and downs this season. Uh, Now he's on his upward trajectory, um, but I love the way this guy is leading the team. I love the way Jalen Hurts is playing. Uh, I love that we're finally owning our offensive identity and running the ball more. Um, I, I think my, for me, my jury's still out on the coaching staff. You know, I'm still a little bit jaded from uh, past games when it comes to Nick Sirianni and especially Jonathan Gannon. Um, but, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from the Eagles, and, and I'm just happy that they've been fun to watch the last few games, which was not the case for a while there. Devin, what is your favorite
3: uh, Jalen Hurts quote, if you had to pick one? Quote? Yeah, he's had a couple of them.
9: I, I have to – I don't even want to say it, but you know what, the quote after the Dallas game, the flush it quote?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of his uh, – I went with Rat Poison, but, yeah, that, that one is a classic.
9: Yeah, I mean, that was just so, like, I, I think the way he says these quotes with such, like, a cool, like, his normal demeanor, right? This guy never gets rattled, and that's what I love about him. But then he drops things about, like, going to the bathroom, and you're just like, oh, okay, that's normal for a quarterback to say. So that one's definitely in my top 10.
2: Yeah, he, he does march to the beat of a different drummer. <laughs> he is as one note as you're going to find, which is very good for uh, his future as a quarterback in the league. You need to stay focused and level and like he can't get too emotional, but he doesn't give you a lot of emotion in his post-game press conferences, but uh, I guess we have to put up with it if that's his personality. The personality of the Philadelphia Eagles has become to run the football, and they Mm -hmm. don't want to be described as a run the ball down your throat tight team A bunch of guys, including the quarterback and the coach, were asked about the identity of the team this week, and they tried to stay away from saying, well, we're a run-heavy football team. We're going to win by running the football. But let's be honest, that's what they're doing, and that's what I think they're going to continue to try and do. Don't you feel the same, Devin?
9: I hope so. Um, I mean, with Jordan Howard out, I, I don't even know if that will decrease the amount of times they run because we also know how Boston Scott tends to do against the Giants. And hopefully he keeps that up on Sunday. Um, it's working for them. And it's working when Jalen Hurts runs the football, too. Uh, I mean, he has more rushing touchdowns than a lot of running backs in the oh, league. Yeah. So... It, it just stick with what works. I mean, we know, or we speculate uh, about how Jeffrey Lurie feels about running football. And I just hope that that doesn't become a factor in play calling again. And not to say that that was definitely a factor, but that's what was kind of speculated. Um, but I also still want to see more from our receivers. Uh, Devonte Smith obviously has been pr- playing very well. Uh, Dallas Goddard had a few drops last game, but still, uh, you know, an incredible tight end, but you know, where's Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, obviously having his struggles. Uh, so I think we can find a balance, but yeah, I think we obviously need to keep up the running game, especially against the giants. So what don't you like about
3: Nick Seriani through uh, was 11 games right now. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's easy to pick a couple flaws with this guy.
9: Yeah. Um, so I always say I loved the pandering, um, the t-shirts, the, I, he's a player's coach for sure. Uh, I think at the beginning of the season, I compared him to Ted Lasso. We called him the Ted Lasso, of the NFL. Um But I think that only works if you can back it up. I think for a while there, he seemed completely outmatched and outcoached in most of our games. I think the last two games uh, were I think aside from running the ball more uh, and having a better defensive scheme on that side of the ball, I felt like for the first time this season, our coaching staff outcoached the other team, uh, which wasn't the case. Like Nick Sirianni looked like a high school football coach against teams like the Raiders, like the Cowboys, like the Chiefs. uh, And I like what I've been seeing from him. But again, I'm a little bit hesitant to go all in, uh, especially on Jonathan Gannon as well. Just because, you know, I, I want to wait and see if they can keep up this consistency. I think throughout this season, we've talked about all we want to see is adjust, on the postgame show, all we want to see is adjustments and improvements, right? This team is finding their identity. So now it's about, okay, we've found these improvements. We can keep improving, but also be consistent in this uh, smart play calling and game planning.
2: Devin, let's jump over to the other side of the ball on defense. Um, okay. I give Jonathan again a lot of credit. Cause I thought he pushed the right buttons at the right time last week against the Saints. even though the Eagles didn't get any sacks, they did get a lot of pressure. They got the ball out of Trevor Simeon's hands. He threw passes that no chance to be complete. He was just, I knew you're not sacking me. Yeah. Okay. Now it's third and 10. Good luck with that. Trevor Simeon. Um, (laughs) Do you have any faith that an Eagle defensive end can actually get home and get a sack this week? I, I, I'm a sack guy, Johnny Mack, my partner. It's not; he just cares about pressures. I actually want to see sacks registered and really put a team in a hole. That's crazy, but I'm, Joe, I'm yeah. just not—I'm uh, uh, not feeling it with the Eagles' defensive ends. Are you?
9: Um, no, and it's funny because I'm seeing a comment: William Ford, Devin does not like JG. I—I I don't dislike him. I just don't fully. I—I ch- don't know if I want to use the word trust yet. Um. But I agree with you. I want to see more sacks. I want to see even more aggression. I think what's been working for our defense is they're finally being more aggressive and playing to the player's strengths. I know a lot of uh, criticism has kind of fallen back to, well, Jonathan Gannon doesn't have the personnel he needs to run the scheme that he wants or lack of a scheme, whatever he wants to call it. And I think that that's not an excuse. I think you need to tailor your defense to the talent that you have. Uh, And he wasn't doing that for a while. Uh, I've liked what I've seen the last few games. I mean, even I think Ryan Kerrigan's name came up for the first time in what feels like forever. As Derek Gunn always says, uh, players go into witness protection and Ryan Kerrigan was in witness protection. Uh, Fletcher Cox was in witness protection for a while. We didn't really see a lot from him. Um, and I think we're seeing improvement, but Jody, I agree with you. I want to see more. I want to see more getting to the quarterback. Um, and I think they can definitely do that with with Daniel Jones on Sunday.
3: Yeah. Are you in or out on this – like, do, do you feel any of these Eagles receivers outside Devonta Smith and Dallas Gower can step up at this point because it's not looking good?
9: Mm. It's not, and I hope so. Um, look, with Jalen Rager, I think it's a little bit of a lost cause. Like, I gave up on on that becoming a thing a, a while ago. Uh, J.J. Erfega Whiteside had his moment last game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to see a lot more from Quez Watkins. We saw he was so promising in preseason uh, and even early in the season. And I feel like he's been in witness protection. We haven't seen too, too much from him. And I don't know if that's on him or play calling or Jalen Hurts just isn't seeing him. Um, But I definitely want to see more production from our receivers. I don't know what that, I don't know who that falls on. I know Jalen Hurts gets criticism for not seeing the field very well and accuracy and you know maybe that's it maybe nick sirianni's calling plays to avoid that um but yeah i, I definitely think we need to see more from our receivers because right now Devonte smith and uh dallas goddard are, are it feels like they're our only receivers
2: deb and i want to uh put you on the scale and i don't mean literally you're looking pretty <laughs> thin to me there no i mean on a uh, scale on an opinion okay miles sanders putting the football on the ground this sunday on a scale of one to ten 10 being Jody. I'm petrified. One being Jody. Stop. Where would you rank your worriedness on Miles Sanders, putting it on the ground for the Eagles this Sunday? Cause he did it twice last week.
9: Jody. I'm petrified. <laughs> I love Miles Sanders, but like, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta hold on to the ball. You like it's. If you're our number one running back, Jordan Howard's out. We really need him. And boston Scott to step up. Uh, He's got to get that under control. He really does. So I'm I'm worried about it. Um, I mean, hopefully it's addressed this week before the game. What yeah. about you? What about you?
2: Uh, not at all. I'm much closer to, three. Three. to a one. You're a three. Yeah. The current I, I might even be a two. And really? I had a call on WIP the other night that said, Jody, you can't. I'm not sure they can play him because you're gonna put it on the ground. He's got four fumbles in two and a half years, four lost fumbles, one of which was last week. Before that, he had three. He had won his first year, two his second year, and his first one this year was on Sunday. It was rust. He hadn't played in a month. He hadn't been used to taking hits. I'm going to give him a pass on last week. Now he puts it on the ground twice more this week. Oh, then I'm joining the Devin Katie parade. I'll be on the – I'm petrified. But not okay. going into this week against the Giants, I'm not scared at all. Okay. Yeah,
5: yeah
3: since they're playing the Giants this week, I, I have to ask – I usually ask anybody that has uh, an affiliation with the Eagles – what team don't you like more? Giants, Cowboys, Washington? Like, I feel like it's more of a mixed bag these days.
9: I will always be uh, Dallas number one. Dallas number one hated, like, I hate them more than any other team in any sport to ever exist. And I don't know if that's because it's Dallas uh, and they've always been, I mean, Giants and, and Washington football team are, have also been longtime rivals, but, I also just feel like, and I don't want to jinx it by saying this, the Giants haven't been a serious threat in what feels like a while. Uh, you know, even when they had Eli Manning, it was like always sad Eli face by the end of the game. So I never really thought of them as as a scary opponent where Dallas has always kind of been pretty formidable. Um, and I don't know. May, maybe that's just the way I, I've perceived them over the years. Maybe that's completely wrong. I really hope I didn't jinx them so no one yell at me if I did. At <laughs> least
3: at least in our lifetimes, though, Dallas has pretty much been irrelevant, too. I mean, they haven't even been to a conference championship game since 1995, yet, alone a Super Bowl. It's what the Cowboys think they, do.
9: yeah. I think, I think the Cowboys have this, you know, persona of the America's team, and they've got Jerry Jones and they've got Jerry World and, and their fans, to me, are a little bit more obnoxious than than New York or Washington's. Um, there's just something about them, man. I hate them. They're horrible. Losing to Dallas hurts. So much. Yes,
3: the annoying Giants fans I got. <laughs> it's they they do not like the Eagles one bit. It's I think it's more envious than anything else.
9: Yeah, probably. Well, so fun funny story. I was actually up in New York uh, watching the Giants game at at a sports book event uh, on Monday night. And most of the Giants fans that I met, they didn't know, I don't think that I was a, a Philly fan, but they all just seemed kind of sad. Like they just, they honestly just seemed kind of, sad. I felt bad. Like it was like they weren't fired up, they weren't obnoxious. So maybe it's a different story when the Giants are actually, you know, doing well. Um, but yeah, it, it was like hard to hate them. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm so, so you smart. weren't wearing your lucky Eagles hat there. I didn't. I didn't wear my lucky Eagles hat. And I was incognito.
2: When exactly was this?
9: This was Monday night. It was for, I was at a, an event. Um, okay. T.P. Barber was there as well. And and it was just interesting to be behind enemy lines, uh, kind of, you know, in disguise. No one knew I was a true Philadelphia Eagles fan who didn't know me. Um,
2: yeah, then you know different. You were at a spot that has different New York fans than me. Most of the New York fans <laughs> I know were not sad. They were ticked off that the Giants got their ass kicked the way that they did. But that's a whole nother story. All right, last question for me, Devin. Mm-hmm. And you're a uh, good person to answer this because I asked it a car. I asked it a J Mac and we're all of different eras and ages and the like. Who's the nastiest player on this year's Philadelphia Eagles team? Because both the coach and the quarterback described them as a nasty team this weekend. I don't mm-hmm. see it. But who do you think the nastiest player is?
9: Yeah, it's I was listening to you guys uh, earlier and I heard you discussing this and and it did make me think Um Darius Slay. I'm gonna say nasty in yeah. him. I I mean he's de- he's definitely got some swag to him. He does. I, this is definitely gonna be a, a question that I'm gonna think of an answer to like eight hours from now. <laughs> I'll tweet it. I'll tweet at you guys and be like, I found one. But yeah, I, for he's the for the first one that comes to mind. I don't know if he's necessarily like nasty, but he's scary. Uh he's playing out of his mind. And scary so.
2: good, scary. scary good. yeah. yeah. yeah but I don't know that I would call him nasty. Who would you guys call nasty? You know who I think is nasty? and You're right. I haven't said this, so I should say. You know who the nastiest player on the Philadelphia Eagles is? And I know it's a uh, smaller sample size. First year of him as a full-time starter. Jordan Milan is the nastiest player. Yes.
9: Yeah, yeah, Jordan Milan is the
2: one I would go with. Yeah. It's it's him or Jason Kelsey. Like, Kelsey
3: reminds you of, oh, it's small Jason Kelsey. And then I I still remember his rookie year, he – pulling some guy over on the Rams, and I'm like, all right, I know, oh, it's James Aranias. That That's that's right, because every time James Aranaeus on the Big Ten Network, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a guy Jason Kelsey ran over in his first free <laughs> game. And I'm, yeah. even
2: a, I'm even a little skittish to say it's uh, Jordan Mailata because how nasty can you be if you can sing like Jordan Mailata? If you can sing like that, God, that's not nasty. That's like great. That's like. Can we get on Marcus Davenport
3: here for trying to pick a scrum with Jordan Malata. Like, what are you possibly thinking?
2: Like- <laughs> not the not the brightest move out of Mister Davenport. Uh, yeah. Hey Devin, it was great having you on. You know we're going to have you on again. Thank you much. Good job by you staying undercover in New York this week. Feel free to go back up and put your uh, Eagles hat on front and center on Sunday.
9: <laughs> I certainly will. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: That's Devin Caney from the Jacob Media Eagles post game show. You catch that here Sundays. You will this Sunday as well. Don't forget, I mentioned this earlier, after our show today, you get the Eagles Thanksgiving football celebration. A little early, day before the eve, Um, we're going to have a one-hour show featuring uh, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis going to be here as well. Uh, So that's coming up in just about 20 minutes from now, right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. I right, coming up next. We got one more segment to go when I say we, I mean Jeff Kerr and Joe Krause. is Krause, gonna step in, take us home. Last segment. I gotta hop over on CBS Sports Radio and uh, do a show from them. But you're all over months. the place today, Jody. Uh yeah, I'm and I got a podcast to do later on today. But then I'm actually off on Thanksgiving, Kerr. I'm not working on
3: Thanksgiving. Oh, I, I am because you want to guess what game I got, I get every year, and I actually volunteer to do
2: it. The Lions and whoever they end up Oh, the Lions there.
3: and the Fair. I cannot wait for the Tim Boyle, Andy Dalton Bowl. I was, I'm was, i all fired up. I want bad
2: football tomorrow. All right. Uh, I'll be looking forward to reading you on uh, cbssports.com <laughs> on the day after. Jeff Kurt, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Keep it here. Joe Krause coming up next. He's going to take you home and do me a Thanksgiving favor. I'm wishing all you guys a happy Thanksgiving, a very happy holiday. McMullen and I will be back on Friday morning. But do me a favor, like the show before you get out of Dodge today here on Birds 365.
7: Nesson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. On three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the
0: hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
6: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling
5: me that bottle is cut in half?
6: You. Could say that
10: Birds three sixty five across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, popping in for. Uh, Jody Mack and also Jeff Kerr sitting in uh, from CBS Sports joining us, uh, as he normally does, sitting in for uh, John McMullen. Jeff, nice to uh, jump in for our final segment on Birds 365 uh, here on a Wednesday. As Jody Mack mentioned, coming up right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, our very, very first edition of Turkey Ball uh, with Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, and Barrett Brooks. Uh, they're talking playoffs I think uh but oh my god I said this to John McMullen last night on football 24/7 Jeff this is like two seasons uh the the mindset the the feel good of now versus just three or four weeks ago um it is a completely different. Uh, feel from the fan base.
3: It actually feels like the first year I remember really watching the Eagles, you know, 1995 when Ray Rhodes took over. First year head coach, they're one and three. He never really liked Randall Cunningham anyway. But he finally benched him, went to Rodney Peakin and said, Ricky Waters, Charlie Gardner, take us home. We got a nasty defense. We keep using nasty on this show today. And they went on a run and you know they they went ten and six. I I remember like I'm seven years old. I'm thinking to myself, I can't really beat the Dallas Cowboys can they it was an early December game it was cold at the vet and they beat them and you know it was a it was a great game was, you know the fourth and one game and that propelled that team to the playoffs and you know are the Eagles going to face like a juggernaut team like that no but I have a feeling that they're going to have like that one exciting game like in the year and it, it does feel like two seasons it's like you know you went asking six weeks ago on the show I and mean, like this team's terrible this team's the worst team I've seen in about 20 years and you can't say that anymore. Nick Seriani did a complete 180, and it all started with a little flower comment. How hilarious is that?
10: Jeff, let me ask you about this back half of the – or the remaining part of the uh, of the schedule. All division games, with the exception of uh, the New York Jets, which you never want to assume a victory in the National Football League, but the Jets are so horrible uh, that you have the to – The Jets
3: was- never in the Eagles crowd. They've never beaten them.
10: Yeah. So you have to assume you have to say you have to assume that's a W, um, the division rivalry element that is, um, a variable that, you you know, perhaps has more of a factor this week than maybe later on. And I'm talking of course, uh, about the New York Giants. I know they're in disarray. Um, but, um, there's a little bit of a payback streak i feel uh waiting uh from uh the new york giants just because of how everything played out last year the eagles tanked uh you know pulled uh jalen hurts tanked that final football game uh hopped over the new york giants in the nfl draft uh, Uh, to get Devontae Smith. Uh, Maybe the Giants are a little bit more upset than we think, and we shouldn't take them so lightly, even though they suck.
11: (laughs) How's
3: that sound? You know, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. It wasn't the actual Week 17 tank job. It was the fact that the Eagles leapfrogged them and traded with the Giants' other arch rival, the Dallas Cowboys, and got the guy they wanted, and the Giants had the pivot. Now, it does look like it's going to work out for the Giants draft pick-wise because they think they're saved for the fifth and sixth pick, and the Bears are terrible, but the Giants... Will screw that up. It's yeah, maybe Joe Judge is motivated by that. Maybe Dave Gettleman and his whiny, you know what, is motivated. But overall, it's this is a bad football team. It's, I mean, last time I actually thought the Eagles were, I don't think Eagles are going to kill this team by any stretch, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants, like, I think the Giants will show up in this game, but. I don't know. They're just not good. They don't have a good offensive line. Their defense is banged up. Daniel Jones is a wreck. They fired their offensive coordinator on a short week. Oh, and they replace him with Freddie Kitchens, who's actually worse than Jason Garrett. It's I don't understand. Oh, and Derek Dooley, another Tennessee uh, scrub, is on that coaching staff, too. So, it's... I, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know, Crousey. I, I just don't feel like, you know... The Eagles should win this game. I, I'll be completely honest. If the Eagles lose this game, it'll feel like the 2009 Raiders game where the Raiders were terrible going in with, um, I'm trying to remember who the Raiders quarterback was at that time, but Jeremiah Trotter was getting, you know, in his older age, was getting blown around the field. And that Eagles team won 11 games that year, but it was an inexcusable loss to the Raiders. And if they would lose Sunday, it's inexcusable. They should not lose to the New York football giants this week.
10: Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Krause sitting in uh, for Jody Mack. Of course, Johnny Mack doing his Wednesday work. We'll have that football 24-7 report, our big report of the week, uh, that across the Jacob Media YouTube channel a little bit later on the night. Jeff, as you sit and analyze and zero in on Nick Sirianni, um, the head coach of the Birds, and you've watched the change over the last couple of weeks. Is it an expansion of the playbook? Or is it utilization of what was there that was never called before? What do you see?
3: Well, I definitely thought he tried to pass the ball way too much early in the year. And remember the week six game against Tampa Bay? We were kind of sarcastically cheering because he actually gave the football to Miles Sanders. Remember he had a stretch where he called like 25 straight pass plays or something like that. And I'm like, this guy is throwing the ball way too much. Like Jalen Hurts, like he's never going to succeed with the way he's trying to run that offense. Yeah, you can run that when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. You don't have Aaron Rodgers. You don't have Tom Brady. You have Jalen Hurts who's really strong in a lot of aspects. He's a unique weapon. And I think Nick Sirianni sat down during that long week. And look, it didn't show in that Raiders game but you saw what he was trying to do. He was trying to run the football that game. And then Miles Sanders got hurt. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, I only have Boston Scott. now. Um, you know, what, what do I do here? I only have Kenny Gainwell. That's not his game. So I'm kind of stuck. And but he committed to that. And I think the Detroit Lions and their bad run defense, <clears throat> the perfect example for him that he could say, look, I can do this. Like, I don't care. If this guy throws the ball 14 times a game, 20 times a game, they're not disguising Jalen hurts or utilizing him to the best of his abilities, which is mind the football, the zone read it's because you, you have to account for him. You have to account for what Jalen hurts is going to do. The, the saints saw what this guy could do. They were trying to not let Jalen hurts go to the outside. And to their credit, they didn't, and he still beat them. And that's one thing I love about Nick Sariani. He's changing it up every single week. It, it's You know he's going to run the football, but he changes up the way he's running his offense. So to answer your your question, I think it's both. I think he's running the ball, and he's getting more creative with how he's running the ball. It's almost like what um, Greg Roman does in Baltimore um, you know, with, with, with Lamar Jackson. And it's fun to watch. It's exciting football.
10: Jeff, do you think one follow-up to that, do you think Nick Sirianni is catching up to his talent on the team offensively or offensively the players are just playing better within his game plan? What's your thought on that?
3: Well, here's the thing. I don't think the Eagles are that talented of a football team across the board. But they are very strong in a lot of certain areas. And one is the offensive line. And the other one I think is running backs. And it kind of coincides. I think the quarterback is talented. And I think he's using that to... You know, he's maximizing what he's got. And that's what good coaches do. They don't try to force stuff. Like, the Eagles don't have any receivers outside Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. They just don't. So he's not going to throw the football 30, 35 times a game unless, you know, they're down like 21 points. And then when you kind of have to. But the way the Eagles run their offense Every game is going to be close. And Dan Campbell is actually doing this in Detroit. Nick Sariani is a better head coach than Dan Campbell. There's no doubt about it. But Dan Campbell does not have a quarterback, but what he does have is a good offensive line and a good running back. And the Detroit Lions are staying in football games. They're not winning them, but they're staying in them and running the football down the team's throat and controlling the time of possession. Another thing Nick Sariani is doing, we're not giving him credit for is keeping this team, not only in football games, but they're winning football games because of it, because they have talent at certain positions and, you know, this is one thing I really like what John Fagan's doing. He's being more aggressive now. He's blitzing quarterbacks. Like, he's doing a lot of those coverage blitzes, which I like. I wish he would have done that against Justin Herbert. But I'm also thinking watching the Chargers and Steelers and something like football. I'm like, I think I kind of know what John Fagan was trying to do that game, even though Justin Herbert completed 8% of his passes or whatever. He said, this guy can do whatever he wants to me. He is not running the football. He is not running outside. He's not beating me with his legs. He's going to beat me with his arm. Well, he can do that. But against bad quarterbacks like the Daniel Joneses of the world, like the Trevor Simeon, I don't even think Trevor Simeon's really that bad. But he played bad on Sunday because of Jonathan Gannon. It's good.
10: Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, just as a follow up to your comment on the, you know, from the offensive side of the uh, offensive side of the football, I guess the litmus test is when you run or go up against the number one defense in the National Football League against the run. And you destroy them as if they were the 32nd team in the league against the run. And that's what happened.
3: The Denver game was my litmus test because I'm like, okay, this is a legit defense. Vic Fangio is a good defensive coach. And the Eagles just bullied them. And I'm like, they're going to do this Mm to the Saints, too. I'm not saying I didn't think they were going to run for two-hour yards, but they're going to pound the football. They don't care. You know, that was the litmus test for me, the Denver game. And then the Saints game. They just manhandled that football team. It's You know, where are they going to do the bad defenses if if they're doing this? And look, like, the adjustments are coming. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The adjustments will be coming. But the Saints have good edge rushers. They have a good interior. They have good linebackers. Yeah, are they a little beat up? Absolutely, but he Eagles just manhandled it. It's That's what teams with strong offensive lines do. I think the Eagles are telling people, beat our offensive line at the point of attack. You're not going to do it.
10: Birds365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, sitting in for Jody Mack, finishing up uh, with Jeff Kerr, who does great work here uh, on Birds365. You can also get him on CBS uh, Sports. Um, and you'll find him here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Nice to have uh, Jeff Kerr. A couple of minutes left, Jeff, before we turn it over to Turkey Ball, coming up with Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, and Barrett Brooks. Um, look ahead. Uh, I know you'll probably be in and talk about this if you join uh, anywhere on Friday, but look ahead uh, to that Sunday game. Should we expect, you know, easy pickings, pardon the pun uh, for the game on, uh, for the game on Sunday?
3: They should win. I should say, I'll say that. I, honestly, I think they should win their next three games. If we're going to be honest here, like, I, I feel like the giants, the bye week, Jets and Washington. I think that's the home game. I, I can't remember anymore, but they, they should. This is how I'm looking at their schedule. Should beat the Giants twice. Should beat the Jets. That's three wins that get you the eight. They should split with Washington. I think they will split with Washington. So that's that's nine wins right there. And then who knows how that how that uh, Dallas game will go. So you know, I, I'm looking at it as they have a shot here. They have a shot to go to the playoffs. Now, will they do anything in the playoffs? Who knows? It all depends who they play. Personally, I would love to see them get uh, another crack at Dallas. I don't think Dallas is as good as people make them out to be. I think the Kansas City Chiefs proved that. I think they're like I think they're a good football team. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I get tired of hearing about how great their offensive line is and how great Dak Prescott is. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. He has proven time and time again, you take Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard away from him, sometimes by his own coach. He's not the guy you think he is. Like, he's a good, he's a very good quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback in this league, but he's beatable if you can get a pass rush on him. And guess what? For the last 10 years, you've been able to get a pass rush on this vaunted Dallas offensive line. So I would like to see Eagles get another shot then with running the football as much as they can and kind of challenging them a bit. Not saying they're going to beat them, but... That would be a team, if the Eagles were facing the playoffs, that would be the one I want, um, I, honestly. Like it's, I feel like at the top five teams in the NFC, they're the most vulnerable.
10: Strange question for you to uh, finish it up. First, the Giants this Sunday, um, back to New York again for, uh, for the Jets. Uh, then they come home uh, for the Washington game, which the time was just announced uh, on the 19th for a 1 p.m. kick. Then the day after Christmas, they're back home again uh, for the Giants. Then they go to Washington on the 2nd of January and then finish up with the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think it is remotely possible that this team runs the table and wins the division?
3: I wouldn't, go that I wouldn't go that far because Dallas don't play anybody. It's, they, they don't. If you look at their schedule, Dallas should win 11-12 games. So, no. Uh, but I think the NFC East is looking pretty good to get two teams in the playoffs right now. Uh, this San Francisco-Minnesota game two. The Eagles kind of need Minnesota to win that because San Fran owns the tiebreaker over them. But I don't see the Eagles winning the division. It would be nice. It would be nice. But, no, I think Dallas gets the 11-12 wins.
10: What kind of game will Jalen Hurts have on Sunday?
3: I said on earlier on the show, I think he's going to have a good throwing game on Sunday. I, I think Sunday's going to be like, we're, we're going to be talking on Monday, overreaction Monday. Oh, Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback, and Jalen Hurts keeps getting better every single week. And I'm sure I'll be leaning the charge on my Twitter now because that's what I do. But um, again, it's I think he's going to have a good day throwing the football Sunday. I really do. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling these next two games are set up well for him.
10: I agree with uh, David Trudell, who's on the chat. He thinks the Raiders are going to beat the Cowboys this week.
3: That would and be I, a nice little turkey
10: day. Yes, though. it would. That, yeah, uh, indeed. That's going to do it for this uh, Wednesday edition of Birds 365 uh, here on the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel. Again, Jeff Kerr, great stuff uh, from you. Johnny Mack. Uh, and uh, Jody Mack will be right back here uh, on Friday. Uh, reminder to everyone. Very, very uh, excited uh, about uh, stay right there. If you're um, tuned into the Jacob Media YouTube channel coming up, it's Turkey Ball, our very first edition. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. They're talking football. They're talking turkey. They're talking Barrett's Thanksgiving spread that he's going to prepare, and a whole lot more. And perhaps, Jeff Kerr, they will answer the question, will the Eagles run the table in 2021? Great stuff, Jeff Kerr. Thanks much. And of course, thank you to uh, all of our uh, subscribers and viewers across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. This is my one opportunity to say Thank you to you. What a ride it's been so far here in 2021. Stay tuned, everyone, for Turkey Ball.
11: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist-recommended beat brand for heart health support.